This is What Do You Do Exactly? I'm Jamie Maglietta. What I really like about today's guest is on paper, his journey seems to have always been mapped out. It seems as if he took certain steps to really get to where he is. Our guest today is a news director, and when you hear his story, you'll realize it's all about navigating the opportunities that we all are presented and figuring out what breadcrumbs we want to pick up along the way to really become who we're meant to be. And his journey is one that I am so excited you get to listen to. You know, before we bring him in, talking about a news director and the role really got me thinking back to high school and college. You know, I had dreams about managing teams and being a news director, like many of you. You know, we all have these big dreams and we have job titles that we kind of cling to and think, that could be really great. I would love that. But as you start to realize, you know, who you are and what you're meant to be, sometimes that isn't always the path, right? And as I, you know, was in college, I met my first news director, my first live news director. I remember I was interning, actually working as a field producer at NECN um, with a business reporter because I kept being told, you need to be on camera. You need to be a reporter or an anchor. So I figured, let me experience what that would be like. So I was with um, a business reporter. I'll talk about that another day. (laughs) The news director at the station, though, was this powerful person in a corner behind a glass wall. And, you know, it kind of reminded me of the Wizard of Oz, you know, the man behind the curtain. And I decided one day I was going to open that curtain and ask him for advice. I walked in and I asked him, similar to what the title of this podcast is, I said, what do you do exactly? And how do I become you? And he, I remember he dropped his pencil and he looked at me and I could tell he was busy, but he had seen me around the newsroom. So he, he took a moment and he said, there are three things that you need to be ready for if you want to be a journalist in local news or a news director. And I remember the first thing he said, you have to be committed to the work. This is not a job for someone who is is not able to really focus and commit to being a journalist. So he said that was one. You know, number two, you have to be really ready to make this a lifestyle. And when he said that to me, I was like, ooh, I don't know. Is this really meant for me? But those words stuck. He said, you need to make this a lifestyle. You also need to be ready to take care of your people at all times and be here when there's breaking news. He said, if you are okay to do all those three things, this is is the job for you. This is the the road to take. He's like, but if you're going to go into this industry, I'll leave you with this note. Do not just major in journalism. He's like, you need to diversify. So I, I hear him, and I'm like, what do you mean diversify? He's like, have multiple majors. Show that you have an interest in something else, that you could be an expert in something else. I swear, that next week, <laughs> I went into my counselor, and I changed my major. I was a journalism major. I had enough. I was like, okay, I'm going to keep this. I had a minor in music, and I said, I need to make this look stronger. And so I added on international affairs, and I figured, you know, maybe one day I'll go for my business degree. That news director impacted not only my education, but the rest of my life, because I constantly would think back to those, that, that moment and those words. 
You know, being a person in leadership, it takes grit. It takes confidence. It takes leadership. It takes the per it takes someone to have patience with an intern and be ready to give advice because those words and they they need to know it really do matter. And today's guest is a news director. And I know people probably walk into his office asking for advice all the time. And he's someone who I know definitely gives it. Hmm. So with us today is Paul Karen. Uh, he's actually a news director in Myrtle Beach. Is a CBS, correct? CBS, that, yes. It's been a CBS yeah, station yeah. since 1956. Great. So for people listening, why don't you just, you know, tell them a little bit about what you do exactly sure. as a news director. Sure. So I lead a team of um, 43 full-time uh, staff members, and that's between uh, we've got a digital team, we have a production team, and then we have, for lack of a better term, the news team. I have managed three different departments. So uh, we have six full-time anchors, uh, nine multimedia journalists, MMJs. You'll hear us use the term MMJ a lot in our conversation. That is the one-man band reporter that's evolved over time. And uh, you're navigating the, the news of the day. You're kind of navigating the big picture. You're the link to the sales department. You're the link, the connection to the creative services department, also known as marketing. Uh, you're the conduit to the general manager. I'm also answering to Nexstar. We're owned by Nexstar, the largest single owner of stations in the United States. I think they're up to over 115 stations that do news. And I think they, overall they own close to 200 stations. So you're answering to all these people. You're also a member of the community. You're the face of the station uh, when it comes to when there's a sticky situation or uh, let's say we're planning for a hurricane um, or a big event. So you wear many hats. And um, when I first started this, so I was a news director first at WHNT in Huntsville for three years. And I was assistant news director there prior to that. So um, when you take on the, the, the realm of a news director, like I knew what the news director did, but there's just so much you can do. Do I get involved in day-to-day -day copy? Do I approve scripts? Do I approve stories? Um, and, and, and luckily I had a mentor uh, a guy who worked at CNN with me way, way back when. His name is Bart Fader. Bart was the vice president in charge. We were owned by Tribune then, and he was in charge of vice president of news. And he says it boils down to three things for a news director. Hmm. Ratings, recruitment, and retention. And, and so the ratings is the business part. And you really can't control the ratings, but you do everything you can to tee it up to make sure you're in the best position possible, making sure your shows are teasing the right stories or promoting the right things. We're assigning the, the right reporters to the right stories. Uh, recruiting, you're, you're, you're constantly recruiting, especially since COVID. I don't think there's been a time in two different news director jobs I haven't been recruiting. And then retaining, you get good people. How do you keep good people? Uh, we are market 100 out of uh, 208 TV markets in the United States. So this used to be the second or third job for someone out of college. Now I'm hiring uh, kids, I'm, I say kids, from adults, young adults, out of college. I've just hired five new MMJs who, have start, who are starting between uh, this week and mid-July. All of them out of college, but all have experience, some way, shape, or form, working in TV. So what do I do? I do a lot of things. I lead. You try to be a good member of the community. And you try to, and, and, and at the end, that was a great point your news director made you as an intern. You try to be there for the people especially since 2020 and COVID, and even a little bit before that, I have learned way more about mental health and how to see the signs of something 
or when people need just to talk to you about it. And I'm, you're never, I'm never going to understand, understand everything about it, but I try to arm myself with the information and help people when they get to that situation. It's a tough business. It's getting tougher every day. I mean, you, we hear about layoffs and things uh, in this business. Um, even networks are, are in the layoff situation right now. 2023 is a very tough year fiscally for local stations. But at the end of the day, you try to be a leader for a team. I have my door open. People are welcome in. I let them. I try to be transparent about the process. How do we decide this? Why do we go after this story instead of that story? You try to just share as much as you can as possible. You get buy-in. I hope to have disagreement. I don't want a bunch of yes people. I'm not always going to be right, and, and probably more times than not, I may not be right. But I want to get as much information to lead to that decision and have everyone empowered. This is our team. It's not my team. Mm -hmm. I, I, I'm here. I'm in the leadership position, but we're in this together. And would you agree it is a lifestyle? Definitely. You know, my, my mornings start, and luckily I started out in media delivering the Detroit Free Press when I was like 11 or 12 years old. So I had to get up at five in the morning uh, and get on my bike and deliver those papers. That was my first media job, so to speak. But my day, my day starts that way. Between five and 530, I've always been an early riser. First thing I do, cup of coffee, turn on our newscast, and I'm looking at three or four different websites, uh, just our competitions websites, uh, some national websites. Uh, I'll look at, uh, sadly, I look a lot at ftvlive.com, uh, which is, tends to be more of a gossip mill, but it does, it's a bit of a watchdog of the industry of sorts. Uh, and I'll, I'll, I'll check all the, I try to arm myself with the best information. Did I miss anything overnight? Is there something happening today I need to know about? Uh, being a Nexstar station, we have sister stations uh, in the Southeast region we share content with, so I'll be looking at their areas. So, um, it is a lifestyle. And, my, and luckily, I'm married to a person who knows this. She's been married to me now for 34 years. She knows the phone rings. I could be gone. Uh, one of my first big things, when we first started dating, I lived in Detroit. I was a CNN field producer. On a Sunday afternoon, we, were, we had our cousin's house. We were renting some movies, going to get some pizza. Phone rings. We have a small plane crash. Well, that small plane crash turned out to be Northwest Flight 255 where uh, almost everybody on the plane died except for a four-year-old girl named Cecilia Sheehan. I was gone for the next month, and I lived probably a 20-minute wow. drive from the airport, but I didn't get home at all. That's the lifestyle, committing to mm -hmm. breaking news. And now here, being here, you know, I'm always on call. Uh, I expect to get those phone calls. We had the Chinese spy balloon shot off our coast. Somehow, some way, I was not far from where that happened. I watched that spy balloon come over the coast on that Saturday, February 4th, Surfside Beach. I happened to be in a uh, store looking for some art for our walls. We had just moved into a place. I look up, and there it is. And all of a sudden, I'm in the middle of a big breaking news story. I had to organize teams. My wife got it. She's out there taking pictures for me. I mean, it is a lifestyle. My kids know it. Uh, my son interned at CNN when he was in college. And, um, and the, it is a lifestyle. You've got to have a passion for journalism. And I think journalism is so important these days. I think it's funny. If you go back and look at film from the 70s, video from the 80s and 90s, everyone's, oh, these are tough times. Every time's a tough time. We're in a tough time now, a very partisan situation in our country. We were talking about debt ceiling stuff today. Uh, you know, a lot of people's livelihoods rely on this kind of stuff. So it is so important now more than ever to have someone you can go to and news and by the way 
local news, local TV news is still the most trusted source for news. It is where people mostly go to get their news these days. You go to some other sites now for opinion, for views, uh, but when it comes to news, is my, is, is my neighborhood safe? What's the weather gonna be like today? How do our local sports teams do? Those are, and the sports teams is way down at the bottom among other things. But my, mm -hmm. my community, knowing nobody knows my community better than the local TV station, I think. And so we have really important jobs, lifestyle, you've gotta be bought in. And I've had some folks start out, um, especially here, uh, coming a little post COVID, they found out this is not this is not the profession for them. High stress, always deadline driven. You never get a chance to celebrate the victories enough. You're always worried about the next show, the next block if you're a producer, the next story, the next day. Uh, and so that's one of the things, and among my many things we try to do here, um, have a moment to celebrate the wins. You just don't get enough of those moments. Yes, no, I completely agree. And you know, I had this conversation with a former Fox uh, reporter and producer, and we both, you know, we're talking about how it's a lifestyle and you almost have a list <laughs> that you go by every day. We don't need to write this list down. You know, we, it's, it's ingrained in us. Mm -hmm. It's a routine that we simply must get through every day to understand what we need to do each day as producers, news gatherers, and newsroom leaders. And, you know, you mentioned one of it about how you go through different websites and you're trying to figure out what are other people talking about to really get a gauge. And the fact that you mentioned earlier when you're describing what you do, that you talk to all the different platforms, you know, marketing, sales, how much of the audience really helps you and your teams decide what news to cover? Is it, do you get much of that analytical yes. response at, so, at a local so level? So there's, there's twofold on that. Um, we always get viewer emails, number one, and this day and age of social media, if we have a story we post on our Facebook page, Instagram account, or elsewhere, Twitter feed, and you see engagement there, that's a very good read. Also, in this day and age of analytics, we instantly see page views, time spent on a page. Those are important uh, analytics for us as well. Um, we're TV Market 100, so I don't get overnight ratings. I get them two or three weeks after the fact. But I do keep track, hey, we led with this story this day. How did that help us? Or, uh, or maybe CBS had soccer on at 2 o'clock in the afternoon and we didn't have a 4 o'clock newscast. How did that impact things? So uh, there's a lot of different ways. Sometimes it's just talking to people too. Um, I, you know, When I go out, uh, whether it's a restaurant or another kind of establishment, I, I rarely will offer up what I do for a living because I don't want – once people know that, you know, the, the, the game over, you know, but I, I want to hear their honest views. You know, I don't want them to play to me because I'm a news person and I'm at a TV mm -hmm. station um, that they may watch. Um, I want to hear their real views on things. And, um, and, and plus, too, once I reveal who I am, uh, sometimes the partisan politics come out to play, too. And, and that's just a. Uh, a no win game for everybody. You know, we don't have great conversations on those kinds of things. So, um, yeah. but you feedback know, is so really funny. important. Mm -hmm. I think in listening to your audience, mm -hmm. you're a member of the community. We're a respected member of the community. And once you lose that respect, Jamie, and you know this, you've been in the business, boy, it is really, really hard to get back if you ever get it back. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, you know, I think you've brought up so many great points so far. I think, oh gosh, there's so much we could talk about. But one of the things that you and I discussed um, before we got together was retention. And you mentioned that briefly, just about how do you lure people into local news and then keep them around so that you don't have so much of a turnover. I think, you know, right now there is still that thought that local news is dying because of the papers. But to your point, local news is thriving because people are still turning to it. And as you see this huge focus on local news, um, you know, from a scripts perspective or other network um, perspectives, they are looking for more local stories that have national appeal. So I guess in this question, if you could talk about more on the culture and the attraction to local news and how you work with reporters on making local stories more of a national topic. You know, it's interesting. The questions I get from job recruits today are so mm -hmm. different from just a year ago or two years ago. They are asking, they're asking about the culture of your newsroom. They have probably read about toxic newsrooms are not a good place to be in, especially the young part of, of your career early on in your career. And, and they're smart in asking that. And I tell them, go to our webpage, see the Meet the Team. Has everybody who's on air, has their email address. I welcome you to reach out to every single person on there. I'm not gonna tell you which ones. You can reach out to anybody and, and ask them, what is the culture like? What is it like working there? What kind of pressure are you under? And, I, and the other question they have, what's the hardest part about the job when you start it? Finding stories to pitch. The morning meeting, you know, every newsroom goes through this, 9, 9.30. Reporters should come with two or three solid story ideas. And then we kind of balance out what's in our day book, what we know is happening. Maybe there's some spot news we need to get to. But more times than not, again, we're market 100. It's going to be reporter pitches. It is stressful for a young reporter. And so we, we try to guide them. Here's some tips on where you can find those stories. It's going to be, at the end of the day, about relationships you make. Go meet the city council people. Not when you have a story to do. Just go meet them and say hello. Maybe buy them coffee. Maybe bring them cookies. Or, or just show up with a handshake. They will love to hear from you when it's not a news story. When times are bad, that's when you know people don't want to talk as much, when you have a bad story. But there's a lot of good stories out there as well. So we try to let people know that um, this is an open newsroom. You can talk about anything you want as long as you're respectful. You know, it's funny, Jamie, in all my years at CNN, 28 years in D Detroit, London, Miami, Atlanta, most of the years in Atlanta and the headquarters in Atlanta, I never knew what the person next to me felt politically, whether they were right, left, middle, who knows what. I never knew. We never talked about that then. It wasn't a thing. And it's a much more of a thing now. But I say, I don't mind that conversation as long as it's respectful. I think it's helpful to know what other people are thinking. And we all have different backgrounds. I come from the Midwest. Uh, a lot of folks that I, I work with here from the Southeast, some from the West. We all have different backgrounds and stuff. My father was a barber. I was the first person in my family to get a college degree. Um, so it's, it's a different path for everybody. And you have to have an open mind and you know, at the end of the day, we're a team. And that's what I think is a driving force, I hope, uh, when I'm talking about our newsroom and our team. We're a team, we're in this together. You're never out there alone. We always got your back. And something I tell the MMJs especially, we're never gonna send you in a story where it's a bad crime situation, you're gonna be by yourself. 
You never, when we do hurricane coverage, we're always in pairs. We are never by ourselves. And it's safety first. There's no story, no live shot, no interview is worth your safety ever. And, um, and, and that is actually top of mind for a lot of uh, the college graduates coming out. They are so well armed information wise. I've seen a huge swing in my time in the past two or three years. They're asking much different good questions um, mm -hmm. to know, is this a good fit for me? Because at the end of the day, um, there's probably more jobs than applicants, I think, right now. That wasn't always the case. I think, especially given social media, a lot of folks have found other ways to use the communications degree, journalism degree, political science degree. Um, and, and again, this is a hard job. If you're an MM, MMJ reporter, you got to go out by yourself. You're shooting the story, writing the story, setting up the story. And oh, by the way, you got to do it again the next day. And the next day, mm -hmm. you're a producer. You've got to produce minimally an hour's worth of news every day. You don't have the wealth of a local news buffet to choose from. You've got to grab state news, national news, and you're selling it to a local audience, and you're trying to keep them there. You don't want your newscast to be the one where you lost viewers. Jobs are very hard, stressful, and we try to find how can we work smarter, not harder. We already know it's a hard job. What can we do to make us a better team but be smarter about it? So we're constantly having those conversations. And we have changed our workflow. I've only been here for 10 months. We've changed workflow in, in areas two or three times just because we've gone down this path. Maybe that's not the best path. Let's go down this path here. And, you know, speaking of paths, you've taken multiple paths over your career where you've talked about briefly throughout this conversation, but you were a correspondent and that was a, a dream of yours. So the fact that you have behind the scenes and in front of the camera experience, how does that help you when relating to your potential candidates or to your staff? So I, I'll tell them, look, I was a reporter. I was on camera. Different time though. I had a photographer. I had a sound tech. And at the end of the day, I took my script and I gave it to a tape editor. So we had five people involved in the process. And you could have had an assignment desk person setting up the story. Most TV stations don't even have an assignment desk anymore from budget cuts that have happened over time. So it's a hard road. And I let them know, I've been there. I know what it takes for you to set up the story, then to get it on air. Not, it's not easy. But we're going to do everything in our power to help you, either with tips, guidance, through script approval, editing, and, and coaching. So there is a much more coaching going on these days every day. Our producers take a once-a-month session with Nexstar that Nexstar has set up. Our producers who are just hired have a mandatory beginning uh, webinar they take, kind of a 101 of producing. Uh, here, I do MMJ, I call it, it's a corny name, MMJ powwow, and we do a producer powwow. We try to meet once a month, and sometimes it's just a bunch of us at a table sharing best practices, maybe looking at someone who did a great job on a story, and just sharing tips, or even just sharing the pain of like, oh my God, do we really have to go through that again? And for producers, we do the same thing. We do, uh, we, we do a newscast review, and in that review, the anchors are there, anybody including the meteorologist, director, producer, executive producer. We will sit and watch it together and point out the good and things that we feel need improvement. I think people are, and that's another thing a lot of the current uh, recruits are asking about. What kind of coaching am I going to get there? They weren't asking that two, three years ago. 
So the people in the colleges are smart in arming them with that information, what to ask, what to look for. Uh, I got real lucky. We've got five new MMJ reporters starting between now and mid-July, two of them coming from WVUA, the University of Alabama. WVUA is a broadcast TV station that happens to be in Tuscaloosa. Now, they use college students for some of their MMJs, but the anchors are professionals. It's run by a team of professionals who have been in the business for decades. But it's a great, there's some great breeding grounds. University of Missouri is another great one. Um, uh, Middle Tennessee, uh, Middle Tennessee University uh, has an MMJ degree. You can get a degree in being an MMJ. So the schools are adapting here locally, Coastal Carolina University. They now have classes specifically for someone who wants to be an MMJ or a producer. And they actually do a newscast as a part of the class in the structure of it. So everyone's getting a little smarter. It's not going to get easier. You know, it's very competitive, as it should be. Um, you're, you have big ownership groups that sometimes are doing things you have no control over. And you can just read many industry websites. There's no secrets out there. A lot of things are going on. And every day, you got to come to work with an attitude. you got to turn that story or turn that show. And it's not easy. So at the end of the day, we try to find ways to make it easier. And there's, it's always going to have a bump in the road. There's always going to be a curveball. How you handle that, though, is the best way. So you know, this is, if you ever had to be in a business and be positive, now's the time for this business. And just a reminder, everybody, we're talking with the news director of WBTW, Myrtle Beach, Paul Karen. Hey, Paul, I got like five minutes that I want to spend on just some quick questions mm -hmm. to just get through like a round of tips. Sure. Okay. So earlier you mentioned different markets. Some people listening might be wondering, what does he mean? So what does it mean to market hop? So traditionally, um, when you were in college uh, several years ago, you'd start in a lower uh, uh, smaller TV market. Uh, I'm going to bring up, I say, um, Charleston, Charleston, West Virginia is a small TV market. Um, not the smallest, but it's small. So you would start out there. You'd probably work for a two-year contract. You get some experience. You build up a good video reel. Uh, you put it together, and you start looking for jobs at bigger markets. Why would you do that? Because you might want more money. You might eventually have a goal to be in your hometown, or you might have a goal to be with a network or to be in a big city. Um, so to market hop, you'd start lower and you eventually work your way up, up the ladder, up to bigger markets. And it takes time. And, and traditionally that can happen. Sometimes you get lucky where, uh, you can go from, I had a, a young lady, Alex Stokes. Uh, she was started out as a, a digital producer while in Huntsville. That was her first job out of school. And from there she went from digital producer to uh, reporter to weekend anchor, which also meant you produce. And now she went from Huntsville to market 21, I think, to WJW in Cleveland. Wow. And so the, you can have those, those, those areas where you just, you're going up steps. And I've, I can rattle off a dozen names uh, of people <laughs> that are doing great work in, in some decent sized markets. They all started small. They all started mm -hmm. in a smaller market. You get your foot in the door, get opportunity, uh, when you report local, you should be making city council connections, uh, you know, uh, uh, your county commissions. That's where your stories are. And when you have good stories, you have good content. And that's how you will sell yourself when it comes to going for that next, that next job. 
Speaking of jobs, when you look at your resume, as I said, it seems like you've had this natural path, but what roles, like job titles, maybe just pick like three quick job titles that you feel really helped you become the strong news director you are today? Sure. Uh, I think uh, being a, I was a bureau manager uh, in Detroit, CNN Detroit, small bureau with five people, then in Miami with uh, 30 people or so. Um, so you're at the ground level, you're in a city, you're not a part of the big network you know, group physically, you're off on an island on your own, um, you know, and you had to produce every day. In Detroit, back then, we had to have a package every day, five days a week. It had to be ready at 610. Why? Because you had a satellite window from 610 to 620. So that showed me deadlines. And you have to, no matter what, you've got to make that satellite. There was no choice. You had to make it. Um, also, when I, so I worked for CNN for 28 years. And has happened to many people, some recently, mine was in 2014, they eliminated my job along with 3,000 other people as a part of a, a reshaping the company. That happens. These are businesses after all. That taught me a lot. That taught me where I had opportunity to do something different. I had a skill set. You didn't even realize the skill set that we have, Jamie, and you have this too. Crisis management. That should be at the top of the list of what managers in this business do you're always dealing with a crisis someone who can't make deadline that video that didn't come out the way the audio's muted or you know that person who told you they give you the interview and they, they they don't do the interview with you you're always dealing with crisis management working with people is another thing as well so when i left cnn i went and i branched out and i looked at many different areas i ended up working for piedmont hospitals uh, which back then was five or six hospitals now there are about 18 of them i think based out of Georgia, um, and I was a communications manager. So I had a communications representative at each hospital. So that taught me something totally different about the world, about marketing, about um, being accurate. Accuracy in journalism, if you think actually in journalism is high, the medical field's even higher because there's life and death there. And it taught me a lot. And I was only in that for a small window for five months. I had an opportunity then to get back into news, to be a managing editor at the CBS station in Atlanta, that was my comfort zone. And that got me that got me going. At the end of the day, you want a job, I think, you get a buzz off of it. During their great moments, you get a high off of it. And um, I was checking a box, working, you know, at Piedmont Hospitals, great people, one, and they're like a very successful business outfit, by the way, but it wasn't for me. News ended up being it for me. And now I'm at the stage of my life where I chose from Huntsville to here. Huntsville is market 75. We're market 100 here. I chose to come here, took a pay cut, come to a smaller market. Yes, we have a beautiful beach. I'm <laughs> not going to lie. Had a lot to do with it. But I'm giving back. Like I'm at least, I think I'm giving back or hope I'm giving back to this industry that was so good to me, working with you know people in the very early stages of their career. They think I know everything. I don't. <laughs> I wish I did. But I'll admit it when I don't, though, I hope. And we'll figure it out together. Um, so my path looks like it was mapped out that way. It totally wasn't. And I got lucky. And it's relationships. So how did I go from hospital to CBS 46? I knew someone there. How did I go from 46 to an assistant news director? I've never been an assistant news director. I knew someone in Tribune. You got to build relationships. And I think that is, to me, one of the biggest takeaways. I didn't think that was needed. I thought my work could speak for itself. And while the work was good, 
No, it's it, relationships. Make those relationships. Make those connections. You know, LinkedIn. Yeah, you're gonna have a lot of people out there. You'd be surprised at the number of times someone on LinkedIn just reaches out to me, and all of a sudden we start a conversation. And sometimes maybe they went to my school, Central Michigan, or maybe they went to my son's high school, Parkview High School in Georgia. Um, mm -hmm. You just never know. Relationships, though, was a key to me to make those steps up to get to my goals. When I was at CNN, I either wanted to be a bureau chief, and then when I went to local news, I wanted to be a news director. And knock on wood, I, you know, I was able to get yeah. to be news director. Oh, well, you know, I think your story is inspirational, and I hope others really take away all the points that you've made. Um, you've offered so many tips um, for young professionals as well as professionals in their career looking to pivot or change or climb the ladder. So I'm really thankful for this um, conversation, and thank you so much, Paul. Jamie, thank you. And, and what you do is, is great, and people should realize the wealth of um, understanding you bring and, and offering something that can really help people you know, on their career paths. Thank you. I appreciate it.